Welcome to Willow Park Church Live Lounge. We're so happy we're together, kind of. If you're here, comment in the chat. We would love to hear from you. There is so much happening right now at Willow Park Church. Check this out. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining our Live Lounge today. And here is your family news. We know that during this time, it's still important to stay connected as a church family. That's why each of our campuses have online meetings throughout the week, including Bible studies, prayer, coffee hangouts, pub-style quiz nights, and more. Be sure to visit our website for all of the details on how to join in. If you love to sing, you won't want to miss our upcoming hymn sing with Pastor Curtis. It's happening right here on Church Online on Saturday, May 2nd at 10 a.m. Our midweek youth program is happening every week. Each night consists of a big group component happening here on Church Online, and then care groups break off into their Zoom calls for some hangout time. GLOW is for senior high youth in grades 9 to 12, and they meet Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. JUICE is for junior high youth in grades 6 to 8, and they meet Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. Visit cahoots.ca for all of the details. Join us after church today for a live video hangout with your campus pastor. Simply visit our website where you will find the links to each campus's Zoom meeting. We can't wait to see you all there. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. There are so many ways to get connected right now. After the service, make sure you join us on Zoom. And also, on May the 2nd, we're doing that hymn sing. I was there when it was recorded. It is amazing. Make sure you check it out. Even if you're a youth, come check it out. It's amazing for all ages. And our missionaries are busy overseas. Bonnie is here to talk to us today. Bonnie. Welcome to episode two of Willow Park Interviews Missionaries While We Are in Self-Isolation. My name is Jordan Pilgrim. I'm your host. And today we are joined by Bonnie Irvin. She is a missionary off in Thailand. So we're going to ask her a few questions and see what she's been up to. So uh, Bonnie, where are you located exactly and what has God called you to do? I'm located in Chiang Mai, North Thailand. It's the second largest city in Thailand, has about 250,000 people. And I thought I was going to China and God took me this far and stopped me there. And very, in his wonderful way, he has brought me Chinese here to work with. So it's lovely. What kind of ministry has God called you to do? Um, there are a lot of people here whose children are going to international schools. And so the moms are here as their guardians. And so I get to, the children go to school, the moms come and meet with me, and we talk about God, mostly. Sometimes there's English thrown in there. But the, the per, my purpose in it is to talk about God. Oh, so it's very neat. I have actually got mostly students from China. Plus, one student from Laos, one student from Chile, and some Thai students. So it's kind of exciting. Okay, let me tell you about the student from Chile. He's a really neat young man. <clears throat> he came up here traveling, met a young girl in our church, and left 
and then realized, no, he was coming back. But she's a really neat young girl because she said, not unless you're Christian. And so that, that really stumped him because what's he going to do now? And so he started coming faithfully to church and we met each other, met through Mary and his name is Noland. And he um, began to study Bible with me. He has a smart young man. He has an engineering degree and he started asking really good questions. And over the course of several months now, he has recently within the last couple of weeks accepted the Lord. It's very cool. And next, this is Thursday or we, this coming Saturday, he's getting baptized. And he asked me to baptize him. I said, no, I wanted my pastor to do it, our pastor to do it. And so we're going to do it in a swimming pool because of, you know, social distancing and all that and lockdowns. And and I have to get in the water with him. I haven't been in a swimming pool for years. But I'm really excited for him. I'm very, very excited. I also have um, on Friday afternoons a ladies' Bible study for beginners where we're looking at uh, sort of a survey of the Bible, all pointing to Christ, of course. And so I'm looking forward to that too. That's really fun. We just started that. I also have Saturday, I have two people that I study with. And all of, let me see, these ones, the ladies study and these two people are just like this on Zoom. The young man and another lady come to me in person. And so it's enough to keep me busy. It's not as busy as I anticipated, but it's okay. <laughs> That's good. So then with that, how has COVID-19 um, affected your ministry? Well, it's shut me down. I'm not as busy as I anticipated. It, um, I've never done stuff through the internet before. I prefer, I, I generate off people. I, I generate um, energy off people. And so I usually like to do studies with people right there. But since that's not possible now, we're, I'm learning something new. And I am a techno ditz, so it's really hard. But thank you, Jordan. You're giving me practice here. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Okay, so then finally, how can we as Willow Park Church join you in prayer, join you in your ministry in Thailand? Okay, well, first I want to say a couple of nights ago, we kind of practiced this, Jordan and I, and I asked him to pray for rain because we haven't had rain for months. And he prayed and it rained. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> we got good pastors, I'm telling you. Well, Park is doing okay. <laughs> and, but Okay, one thing I want you to pray is that I will handle the Word of God with great discretion and great accuracy. So that's a constant prayer for me. Um, also, please pray that the air quality here will get better. I think the forest fire is somewhat under control now, but the air quality is still bad. I wear, use air conditioners all day and all night. <clears throat> please pray that God will somehow, even with COVID here, it's no big deal, I figure, to God, that is. Um, please pray that he will bring the divine appointments he set up for me, that he will manage to get them here. Because I have time to talk to more people. And I sure like talking to them about God. And the last thing is just pray that I stay well, please. And that I also am not a non-asymptomatic carrier. Well, we really appreciate 
absolutely everything. We really want to do join you in prayer. And I know our church is watching and listening, and we're going to be praying for you. So thank you so, so much, Bonnie. My pleasure, and thank you for connecting with me this way. I appreciate it. What I love so much about Bonnie and the work that she's doing and the Garcias and the Guns and so many other missionaries is that they are eagerly anticipating a move of the Spirit. And I really believe that this is a time in our lives that we'll look back upon as a moment where the Spirit invaded the church, where finally the revival that we've been contending for is here. In James there is this crazy proclamation that God himself jealously longs or yearns to dwell within us. He jealously longs to be with you. He wants to be with you right now at this exact moment. A hundred million angels are worshiping God. And he jealously wants to be with you. That this God who, who heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. What a crazy image that is. Wants to be with us. And so in this time where we're just so frustrated with our lives, I know that I am. I'm so frustrated I can't be with you guys. I'm so frustrated at the way that my life looks. It's either a frustration or a unique gift. Because he wants to be with us. When Jesus walked around and looked at the churches in the book of Revelation, what he said to the church in Ephesus was, I've seen what you're doing and it's great. So many great things. But you've forgotten your first love. And I believe that we're in that same boat. We look so great sometimes as a church but we've forgotten our first love and, and, and the Father jealously wants to be with you. The King of the universe wants to dwell in us. What a great moment in history this could be. And so we get to contend for the Father. He has everything that we need. The fruit of the Spirit is what we're looking for. We're all looking for joy and it comes from Him. We're all looking for love real love that that isn't conditional and it comes from him we're all looking for peace no app will give you peace only the father can give you real peace it's the fruit of the spirit everything we want goodness and kindness faithfulness and in this time when so many people are at home and maybe self-control is a problem the spirit gives us self-control he jealously longs to dwell in us and to give us every good gift. He longs to give us good gifts. And so at this time, we get to share in the work that Bonnie is doing in hoping and dreaming for divine appointments from people. And we get to have beautiful communion with, with the Father right now. I'm really believing that, that we're going to be entering a, a period in the church right now where we're going to see just an outpouring of his spirit. Join with us in this. Let's pray together. Wherever you are at home right now, let's just pray together. He jealously longs for us. He jealously wants to be with us. We're going to enter a period now where we worship for a, a fair amount of time. And I'm going to invite you 
to maybe go somewhere private if there's distractions around you. Maybe have a little prayer closet. Maybe go into the bathroom where you can be just quiet before God, wherever it might be. Let's just worship together. Would you pray with me? So Jesus, you jealously long to dwell within us. We receive that, Father. You say that if we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, turn from our sin, that we will hear from heaven. We just want to hear from heaven. Heaven, come down. Invade this place, God. God, we're asking that you would come and do a work in us, God. We pray that your kingdom would come, God. God, we're praying for just an awakening in our families, Jesus. God, we're praying for an awakening in our country. God, I pray that you would do a work in Kelowna like we've never seen before, God. Renew us, Father, renew us. Amen. sing about the faithfulness of God this morning. And I have heard a sound coming on the wind changing hearts and minds healing brokenness I feel a generation Full of faith declare I see a generation In the hand declare And I song there will be And out of the darkness We will rise and sing Yeah. 
declare you the one seated on the throne, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. The one who sits on the throne and all the earth 
you, know, you say all the earth will declare that you are holy, you are worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. God, and that we'll praise you forever and ever.
church family. Uh, just in a moment, we are going to take communion. Uh, so I invite you to go grab uh, your juice and your bread. Uh, and before I uh, do that, before we, we partake in communion, I just want to read the scripture that we so often read uh, during this time. And it's in 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26. And it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. A couple of things to notice here is, when we do communion, 
we are calling to remembrance. We're calling to remember Jesus as the most valuable thing in this whole entire universe, the most valuable person in this whole entire world. It reminds us what he has done for us. And so when we remember, we're calling to our minds, saying, Jesus, you are the most important thing. But as we head down the scripture, we see this other word, and it's called proclaim. And so when we eat of the bread and we drink of the wine, we are proclaiming his name. And so if remembering means calling to mind what Jesus did by his death, then proclaiming means calling to each other what Jesus did by his death. And so this is worship, remembering, proclaiming. And another thing we see in this scripture, and as we take communion, is that it nourishes us. And you might think as you pick up your little piece of bread in your small cup, like, how does this nourish me? This is barely fills a quarter of my stomach. But it's what it resembles. Food nourishes us. And so we take this in remembrance of Jesus, reminding us that Jesus is the only thing that can nourish our spirit. And so, I hope this enriches what we're about to do right now. So I invite you to take your bread, to take your cup. And I'm going to read this once again. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, let's partake. Then, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Church, let's drink in remembrance of him. Heavenly Father, we recognize you as the only thing that can nourish our soul. Lord, when we do communion, Lord, it's a proclamation towards you. Lord, it's a remembrance towards you. Lord, this is why we do it in the set with our songs, because we are worshiping you, Jesus. We are worshiping the one who can only fulfill those spots in our soul that need to be fulfilled. So we thank you, Jesus, that you went to the cross for us. Amen.
i 
I love that song so much. We as a, as a family here at Willow Park Church are, are eagerly anticipating the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. We so badly want this kingdom to come. And if you have any prayer needs or requests, join us afterwards in the Zoom chats. Or you can also click on the prayer link. We would love to be praying for you. We're anticipating God doing something wonderful in this time. We're anticipating the miraculous breaking out. Let's pray big prayers. Let's pray big faith-filled prayers. And we're also anticipating that God is going to bring more people in. We're, we're, we're really, as a church, really contending for this. We invite you to continue with your giving, and we thank you for that. We have some great new ways to give, and Glenn is going to share those right now with us. Hello, Pastor Glenn here. Just a quick video to show you how to give online at Willow Park Church. So it's very simple. The first thing that you do is you go to willowparkchurch.com and uh, the screen will pop up. You might have a pop-up that you need to close down, uh, giving you details about what's coming up. And then you go up to the top menu bar where you see the word give. You click that and the secondary page will populate. There's two particular buttons I just want to point out to you, which is give online and monthly giving. Lots of our church family already take advantage of pre-authorized debit. And so you can have your tithe and offering come out on a monthly or semi-monthly basis straight out of your bank account. This is a great thing uh, to do. First of all, it enables us as a church to be able to budget because we know that uh, what's coming in and uh, and it's a wonderful way for you to support the ongoing work of the church it's easy it's straightforward and uh, and we really encourage you to do that so you can press monthly giving fill out this form the office are always available to help you the form is very easy and uh, and is is very very secure so that is the monthly uh, giving that people, many people are already taking advantage of. Now you might give your check or your money into the bag on a monthly basis and, uh, and you're missing that right now because you're, you're not able to do it because we're not gathering together. Please consider doing the monthly giving instead. It will be a huge benefit to us moving forward so we can continue to minister in the way that we are doing to our city, our country and indeed our world right now. The other way of giving online is by clicking this button. And what this does is it allows you to give out of your credit card. So you put your number, your, the amount that you want to give there. 
the campus you would normally attend. Um, you fill out your email, the name, and you press continue. And the next page, just you can put in your details. Again, completely secure. Uh, people already always there helpful if you need uh, some information. You can contact the office. The number is at the bottom of the screen. You can do this one time or alternatively, you can decide to do it regularly, weekly, every other week, monthly or twice monthly. And you can even choose what day to give that amount. So that comes out of your credit card. We really do appreciate you. We love the fact that so many of our church family give so generously and cheerfully. And our prayer is, is that the um, that this video will help you just give you a couple more options as to how you can continue to do that. So uh, thank you again. If you need any help, please feel free to contact us at the office. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Glenn, for that video. Now I have a story for you guys called The Good Samaritan. This is Jesus. A man said to him, God says we must be kind to people. But which people? Jesus told him this story. There was a man who was a Jew. He lived in Jerusalem. One day he started on a long journey to Jericho. He had to walk all the way there. He was alone. He knew it was dangerous to go on his own. People usually went with other people because of robbers. Suddenly, he saw some robbers. They ran up to him shouting and waving sticks. The man was frightened and tried to run away. The robbers caught the man. They beat him with their sticks. They knocked him down and kicked him while he laid on the ground. They stole everything. The robbers took most of the man's clothes. They stole his money and his bag. Then they ran away. The man was badly wounded. He lay bleeding on the dusty ground. He was so badly hurt, he could not get up or call for help. Soon, a priest came by. A priest is someone who teaches in the church. He looked at the wounded man, but he didn't stop. He made his donkey hurry away down the road. Then another man came along. He worked in the temple in Jerusalem. That means that he worked in the church too. He saw the man, but he didn't stop. He hurried down the road. Then a third man came along. He was a Samaritan. Although the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other, this man stopped. The Samaritan got off his donkey. He poured oil on the man's wounds to soothe them and wine to heal them. Then he bandaged them. He helped the man to stand up. The Samaritan lifted the man onto his donkey. Then he led the donkey down the road to the city of Jericho. They stopped at an inn. The Samaritan put the man to bed for the night and made him comfortable. He even bought him supper. The Samaritan left the next morning. He paid the innkeeper. Look after this man, he said. 
I'll pay any extra bills when I come this way again. Which man was kind? asked Jesus. The Samaritan, said the man. Yes, said Jesus. We should be kind to anyone who needs our help. In a minute, we're going to hear from Pastor Phil, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about what we heard in this story, about carrying each other's burdens and being gentle with one another, just like the Samaritan was with the Jew, even though they hated each other. So we're going to hear from Pastor Phil right now. Thank you guys so much. Hi, Willow Park Church. You will remember that before the COVID-19 crisis, or as some of my friends like to call it, the COVID-19 pounds crisis, because we're all binging on food, we're putting on weight, and we're all going to end up having put on 19 pounds at the end of it. Oh no, don't binge on all that food, honestly. And really, uh, try not to binge on Netflix as well. But we're facing just... Such a changing environment. And before we entered in to this pandemic, of course, we were teaching our way through the book of Galatians. And Galatians is a beautiful book. And uh, our different campuses got to different points within their journey. And we're going to pick it up for the next few weeks so we can finish our teaching in Galatians. If your campus didn't get to chapter 6, where we're going to carry on from, then you can go online to our website. And there, certainly at Highway 33, we preached our way through chapter 5. So those sermons are available for you. So don't binge watch on Netflix. Binge watch on Galatians chapter 5 and do that. And watch out for those pounds that you might... uh, Put on. Not suggesting that you are, of course, but I'm certainly trying to watch that in my own journey. Um, Here are the verses. We've got five verses that we're going to look at and we're going to explore over the next few minutes. And as we do this, what we want to do is really highlight some points. There are three key points that are going to explode here from the scripture. Number one, we're going to be talking about carrying each other's burdens. Number two, we're going to be talking about the calling of a Christian and what Paul is highlighting within the calling. And number three, we're going to be talking about the kind of community that the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to build. The kind of community that makes a difference. A community of love. A community of grace. A community where we serve one another and we love each other and we're interested in people's uh, difficulties. Where we are known as the church worldwide, and the church should be the most loving place in the world. So let's jump into these five verses and let's unpack them and see what they are teaching us at this time of COVID-19 and the difference that these verses can make. Because some of the truths in these verses, I believe, can make a massive difference in your walk with the Lord and your journey. Brothers and sisters, let me say something. When the Apostle Paul starts off in any sentence with brothers and sisters, what he's actually saying is, listen to me right now. Right now. Stop. Time out. 
I want you to hear this. Because brothers and sisters, I'm addressing all of you and I'm saying that this is really, really important. Honestly, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, if someone falls, if somebody struggles, if you see somebody that stepped out of the way of the Christian faith or stepped out of good conduct and the way that they should be, and we're all in danger, whether we hide it or not, whether it's public or not, we're all in danger of finding ourselves spiritually going the wrong direction. Um, Our internal navigation system, our internal compass suddenly is spinning and we're going the wrong way. Maybe you're watching things on the internet that you shouldn't. Maybe you're treating the closest people to you in the most respectful way, in a way of anger and frustration. And let's be honest, we all feel like we're in the movie The Martian, uh, where we're stuck on on the planet, we're in our little homes and we're flying through the solar system and we're planting our potatoes. If you haven't seen the film, it's amazing. And I myself last week planted my potatoes in my garden, in my little capsule there in Upper Rutland. And I'm flying through the universe and all the kids are around and I'm, oh, it's been quite a week. My tomato plants died in the frost. And so if I'd been stuck on Mars, I'd be dead right there. But we know that there's a lot of tension, a lot of uh, anxiety. We know that we need to model something in our homes whereby we show the grace of God. And at times we can respond in the wrong way. If some of you is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit, can I ask you a question? Is there any other way to live the Christian life other than in the Spirit? Can I live the Christian life in the flesh? I suppose I can, but it's not the right way to live it. Can I live the Christian life in a religious manner? Yes, but it's not the right way. The Apostle Paul says we must live the Christian faith in the power of the Spirit. Should restore that person Gently. This is a kind of medical term as well. If you end up breaking your leg, I break my leg, I've gone for a run, I've tripped over and, and suddenly I'm on the pain, I'm on, on the ground in pain, rolling around and people come to help me because of my broken leg. I really would appreciate that if I've hurt myself, I would really appreciate that somebody would come to me and restore me in a loving, gentle way. I'd hate them to come and say, oh, here we are, paramedics arrive, we gather around. You know, I'd like them to know what they're doing. I'd like them to be directive. I'd like them to be assertive and help me, but I wouldn't like them to be abrupt and aggressive. Oh, let's have a look at your leg. Bang! Ah! I'm in pain. I'd really appreciate that when somebody's helping me heal, they do it in a way that is gentle. This is what the Apostle's saying. There are people that do fall and break something spiritually in their lives. 
But what we need to be willing to do is to come to them in a gentle way, in a way that shows consideration, in a way that shows love, in a way that helps people. I mean, when we fail and we want to be restored, the apostle is saying, do it gently. Help the person to heal. Help the person to get right. But at the same time, he says, watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Tempted to do what? He's actually saying you may be tempted to look down on that person and think that you are far better than they are. You are tempted to be arrogant. You are tempted to be proud. You are tempted to be religious and self-righteous. I love the church. I love our church. I love all that our church stands for. But I really do want our church to be a place of restoration. Our church to be a place of healing. Our church that when people do fail, that they know that the place to be when you're getting restored is to be in the church and to know the gentleness, the kindness, and that not to be spoken about or not to be looked down on or not to have a religious arrogance. So at times in all of our lives, we need healing. But the way that we receive the greatest healing from a community that is full of the Spirit is through caring and showing love and showing the heart of Christ. Verse 2 says, carry. We talked about each other's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. I mean, this is slaves' work. It's what slaves did. They carried heavy objects that the masters did not want to carry. People who work manually have to carry heavy objects. I remember when I was in Africa, I was with a, a team of uh, guys and we were all stood around and we were on a hillside and we started to watch a guy on his own carrying and, and pulling up a hill a little cart full of scrap metal. I mean, it was so heavy, it was so hard, and he was pulling, and he was doing this, and he was struggling, and then he'd slip and he'd fall on the ground. This was in the 80s. I was right in, in, in the middle of this, this area where, you know, there were very few Westerners. And we were stood there involved in mission and our instant response was to run down the hill, all got around him and we all pulled together the scrap metal and the cart up the hill. What was amazing was that all the villagers came out and they were laughing and they were thinking this was hilarious. And they were kind of pointing and look at those people, those Westerners carrying that metal for that, that poor, hardworking guy. This is hilarious. Why are they doing this? Well, we did it, of course. It was instinctive. And whenever you see anybody struggling, you want to rush to them. And when they're carrying a heavy burden, you want to help them. We did entertain that village and I'm sure they spoke about it for a long time. But it was beautiful to see the reaction of the crowd. What are they doing? These, these people from the West. And here's this poor nobody, scrap metal guy who's 
has no status, but they're helping him carry his burden up the hill. It was very moving and very touching. I feel profoundly honoured to have um, been to Africa many times and served communities. But this is what the apostle's saying is, when the most unlikely characters, we rush and help them to carry their burden and to help them get up the hill and get through their problem. You will know people at this time that need your help. Marriages that need support. Relationships that need support. We need to be willing to rush down and to help carry the load. We need to be willing to carry each other's burdens. Where do we carry the burdens to? We carry the burdens to Jesus Christ, who carried our burdens for us. We carry the burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? The apostle has spent all his time speaking against the law, about in the sense that, that the real law is fulfilled in, in love. He's been, been speaking about this in Galatians chapter 5 and, and verse 13, about love, about not, not religious activity that makes us feel better, but a living relationship with Christ. And now he uses the word law again. What is the law of Christ? Well, we'll get there in a moment as we finish this. But if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. The apostle is saying we are a community that shows the love of God. We're a community that is gentle. We're a community that shows grace by carrying other people's burdens. But where do we carry those burdens to? Well, we carry those burdens to the foot of the cross. And our job is to introduce people to the power of Jesus Christ to help them with their problems and their difficulties. The heart of that is we don't look down at people and judge people. The heart of that is mercy. Jesus himself said, you criticize somebody for a speck in their eye, but look at the massive plank that is, I love that, look at the massive plank. It's like we look at this like that, that prayer that the Pharisee prayed. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people or like this sinner. That's exactly the wrong attitude. We have to really be thorough in examining ourselves. That's hard. Because so many of us, I include myself, we are not very good at examining ourselves. We're not very good at looking at what's going on in our own lives. We're not very good at being humble because we love our egos. We love our pride. We love our opinions. We can love our judgment. But what the apostle says here is, please, will you be thorough, be honest, and look at yourself? The great writer C.S. Lewis said, you know, when you hear somebody talk about how humble they are and how unconceited they are, 
then that is a sure sign, he wrote in mere Christianity, that they are completely conceited and not humble at all. Ouch. When we think we are awesome and humble and amazing, we have to examine ourselves. We have to look at our own weaknesses and look at who we are. And out of our own brokenness, we can help others because we realize that we're all together in this. And we help others by being gentle, by being supportive and by caring. Each one of you should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Do not compare yourself to other people. The place we should compare ourselves is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should really think about the judgment of God that will come one day when Christians will be made answerable for our attitudes, our words and our actions. That's quite frightening. I know that when I'm personally accountable, I get farther. I know this because I I do a lot of running and I follow an app when I'm running. I know this because I also have an app that helps me monitor my calorie intake. Now, for all the goodwill in the world, if I want to lose some weight to run a marathon, I put my app on and I start putting in everything I'm eating. And it's a bit frightening. I set it at the level I want to be, then I start to to put the amounts in. This is what I've discovered. When I use the app to lose the weight, to run the marathon, and I'm accountable, and I put those chicken wings in, and I put those ribs in, and I put all that food that I shouldn't be eating in, and I look at the amount of calories, I'm accountable, I say, I've got to change. But I know that when I ignore personal accountability, watch out. And I've discovered the only way I can actually make a difference is by looking at myself, and as I look at myself, I am able to say, hey, I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. I need to be honest about who I am. I need to be honest about my own personality. This is hard, but I've got to be honest about who I am, for each one should carry their own load. We should grab hold of our lives, look at who we are, and we should be willing to say, okay, I acknowledge that I've got pride here. I acknowledge that I have a problem here. I acknowledge that I struggle. So how, how do we measure this? How should we seek and to live our lives? Well, let's finish off where I said we needed to go back to. And let's finish here. Fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is love. But I think the apostles giving us an idea about what the law of Christ is. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit in our lives. That we show love, joy, peace. That's our measurement. That we are willing to be patient and kind and show goodness. That we are willing to be faithful, 
self-controlled and gentle. That we are willing to show the fruit of the Spirit within our lives. And to show that gentleness, not to judge others. But we're willing to believe that God is a God of restoration. And we are willing to allow the Lord to speak to us. So let's circle back. First point is this. We are called to carry each other's burdens, to help each other. But not in a judgmental, proud way, but in a loving, gentle, caring way. Second point, this is our spiritual calling. To be this people, to be this community of love and grace. And thirdly, this community is marked by the work of the Spirit that is marked by love and service. So this week, take these thoughts from these five verses and step in and decide to approach each other humbly. To have sober judgment about your own self and be willing to judge yourself against the law of Christ which is love. Love your family. Love your neighbour. Love the people you're connected with. Keep that love present and keep that fruit growing in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis. And if you've never welcomed the love of Christ and the transforming power of Christ in your life, then you can right now. It starts with a prayer. There's a little button there. You can press it if you respond and saying, I want to give my whole life to Jesus. Please email us, contact us and connect with us. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the power of these truths in Scripture, for the powerful message of these five verses to carry one another to Christ, to be a good Samaritan. That we would, in our own lives, respond to our calling and be willing to inspect our own lives and to create a community that is marked by the love of Christ. Help us to do this, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask. Amen. Thank you, Phil. That's a great word. This is a beautiful time in history to be a people that just love and love gently and love with just compassion. And right now we want to join with all of us. I know that we don't have a foyer like we normally have where we can go and have a coffee and laugh together, but we have Zoom rooms for each of your campuses. So right now, click on the link. Let's go hang out. We love you guys and we'll see you next week.